being a dairy farmer is not about getting rich or anything like that. I think is you just have to have the passion for it, and that sometimes it does strain out our wallet. <laughs> you spend it this month, and you don't get paid the next month. <laughs> so you don't know, you know. So it is yeah. tough, and like I said, you know, the dairy. You just have to have the passion for it and try to figure out ways to, you know, make it work for you. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and we are here today at Golden Glen Creamery in Bow, Washington, learning how they grow cheese with their cows, eating locally grown crops, making artisan cheese in their creamery right here in Northwest Washington. We're gonna meet Norma Ruiz, who's a first-generation farmer, an immigrant from Mexico, who's built an incredible operation here. We're gonna hear all about it on this episode of the Real Food, Real People podcast, documenting my continuing journey to get to know the real people behind our food here in Washington State. Norma, thanks for having me out here to the farm. Oh, no problem. Thanks so, for coming. So this is where it happens. This you, is this, where it happens. This is where your cheese is grown? Right. That's <laughs> what we would like to say. Yeah, this is where it's grown. <laughs> Growing cheese. Cheese, yes. Now, some of your milk goes for your cheese. Right. Some of it people actually drink, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, how? yeah, how does that work? Is there any difference in which milk you use for what, how you grow it, how you raise the cows, how you milk them or anything like that? Um, well, there is uh, a difference of what we put in to our cheese um, because we have a blend. We call it a blend of cows. Um, mm -hmm. We have Holsteins and Jerseys. And then so we try to kind of balance it out. Um, Jersey milk tends to be a little bit higher in fat mm -hmm. versus the Holstein. So it depends what cheese we're making at that time that we are. So different kinds of cheeses like that higher fat Jersey yes. milk. Like yes. what kinds of cheese? So we usually use it for the, like our Goudas and our mm. Cheddars. Um, we try for our mozzarella a little bit lighter since we can need everything <laughs> yeah. on there. So it is kind of tough on our hands if it's too thick. Yeah, so. for sure. So Holsteins, those are the black and white spotted ones. Yes, yes. And these are mostly jerseys Jerseys here. and crosses, too. Crosses with what? It will be a Holstein with a jersey. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah. And so then probably somewhere in between as far as what their milk is, right? Correct, yes. More fat than a Holstein, but less than a full-bred jersey. Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I guess I should ask, how many cows do you have? Uh, in the farm, we currently have 300. Okay. 300 cows. 300 cows here. Here, yes. That you're milking. And then you have others as well? Uh, we are currently only milking 250, mm -hmm. but then, you know, they come and go on the herd depending on what yeah. stage they're in. And you probably have babies somewhere too, right? Yes. All of our babies get shipped over to Whidbey Island. Oh, oh, so on Whidbey Island. On Whidbey Island. And and is there another farmer there that raises them, or do you have another farm of your own there? Or no, it's another farmer okay. that raises the cow, the little heifers for us. Okay. Yeah. So why do you do that? Why is that in a, a different place, and how how does that work? So 
it's much more cost effective um, for them to do 60 bottles of milk at a time. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty much racing about 2,000 heifers themselves. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a whole, I mean, they already know the whole gist of how get right. it efficiently done. So, it is, it is much better for me to kind of focus on the mamas. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're good at raising the... The, the babies, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And so how old are they when they come back here to join the milking herd? Uh, they're usually about 18 months okay. when they come back mm -hmm. with us. Um, and then we will kind of care for them from there on. What's your process of managing these cows? I see they're eating feed here. What's in that? Is that mostly grass? I Corn, that's a silage. So we product, have a right? combination. So alfalfa, corn silage, and mm. then a mixed ration that um, gets formulated by a nutritionist um, mm -hmm. to help us with the health of the cows. So you can tell, okay, what do the what do these cows need? You exactly. Know, more of this nutrient, more of that nutrient to yes. be healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's not it's not all the same <laughs> now because you're producing a lot of cheese do you feed different feed than say a farm that's just doing fluid milk um, or is no. it pretty similar no pretty similar i don't think we do anything different aside i said like for the type of cow that i use it's different more of the fluid milk they focus on the holsteins so all that feed then you do you grow that as well we don't grow it. I get it from Eastern Washington. Okay. Yes. So the alfalfa, all the silage and stuff comes from Eastern alfalfa Washington. Alfalfa gets done in Eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. Corn silage is just right down the road from a neighbor. Other neighbors still? Do they have their own dairy or do they just grow the They just grow corn? feed. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They used to have a dairy. Which there are a lot of dairies like that, right? That they're no longer milking cows, but they still have the land... Correct. And they're growing the crops. Yes, for other farmers like me, yes. Well, yeah. that, that works out well then. <laughs> it does, you know, like they're kind of focusing on individual parts, I believe, of the, like the dairy side, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. So. And I suppose if you think about the whole cycle, you know, you grow the crops and the feed, cows eat it, you produce the milk, they poop. And probably then that manure goes to, back to those same fields. Do you share that with those farmers? Yes. So the manure gets spread and most of the fields around me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the cycle continues. Continues, right. <laughs> yes. It's, it's just a growing cycle. I mean, everything gets used, everything, nothing gets wasted. So yeah, what, nothing gets wasted. What is your philosophy here on, on the farm? I know there are different ways of doing things and some farms choose one way or the other. How do you approach dairy farming? I like to make sure that, you know, we are very respectful of the land and everything. So we, I mean, I try to get as much as information I can for every product that we bring in yeah. and make sure that, you know, it's, it's safe. It's always right. something that, I mean, I just not doing it for myself right now. I'm also doing it for my, you know, the younger generation, my kids and stuff yeah. like that to make sure that they respect the land yeah. and the animals. So what kinds of things can you do or have you been able to do as far as respecting the land? And that's really about sustainability. You sustainability, talk about the next generation, yes. like right. still need to have healthy 
soil and land to raise feed to still have healthy cows in the future for the next generation. Right. So, I mean, like I said, we're very close to the Samish River, which yeah. is very, uh, you know, we have to be very mindful of what's there. How can we prevent from having a runoff from our lagoon? How can we... Uh, I mean, put nutrition in the soil, what kind of nutrition we do. I mean, also help out with the salmon around here. Um, So, I mean, that takes everybody's, uh, you know, contribution to make sure that that still keeps on going. And like, say, it's something that we teach our kids and say, hey, you know, because they are very they question a lot is yeah. like the whys yeah. of why we why do, do this. we have to do this this is a lot of extra work right exactly yeah <laughs> we don't do shortcuts we yeah. <laughs> we try to make sure that you know we stick to one plan and you know everything else um sometimes it costs us more than doing it you know the yeah. other way but at the end of the day we think about what is it really you know is it we want it to be here for a long term not mm-hmm. a short term so so oh man lots of pieces to keep moving all the time what are you usually busy with here uh <laughs> i'm gonna say paperwork uh <laughs> that's the busiest part of the dairy right yeah. now uh but you know it's it's just stuff we have to do i mean times are changing you know so there's a lot of different rules we're looking at different things through different eyes right now Mm -hmm. so you know it's it does take a little bit (laughs) from uh, from like kind of doing what i kind of love doing the cows right you know it needs to get done so So yeah, what kind of paperwork, what kind of rules? What is this from the state? Is Yeah, so yeah. we have state, I mean, also dairy gold uh, rules. I mean, it's it's a lot about making sure, like I say once again, that our cows are being treated right. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, yeah. that we're training employees, we're keeping records of everything, you know, because uh, back in the days, it was all like by memory, yeah. <laughs> you know, which they had really good memory. I mean, you know, yeah, like for sure. they would able to tell a cow from the other cow just by looking at it with no tag or anything like that, which yeah. was crazy, I think. Uh, but now, you know, I mean, they have to, we have to prove what we're doing. Yeah. It just cannot be me talking, saying, oh, yeah, yeah. this is what we're doing. No, yeah. they come and inspect my cows and make sure that... Like I said, they're being treated right. Yes. Like some people say, if you don't document it, it never happened. Right. Even if you did do it, it doesn't count for anything because it has to be documented. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you spend that much time just on documentation. On documentation. As much as growing (laughs) cheese and milk. (laughs) Yes. I, yeah, it, you know, it is, it is very interesting. I never thought that it would be this much, but you know what, like I said, it helps Every step of the way, any new employee that we get, they get the right training. Yeah, you know, it's sure. because it's not just about getting a job done. We yeah. want to make sure that they're doing it with the love and passion yeah. we have for them, too. How many employees do you have? Um, right now, I have a total of about, there's seven, and mm-hmm. most of them are family. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so what kinds of jobs do employees do on your farm? So from milking the cows, yep. from um, 
I mean, health-wise of the cow, making sure that the cows are comfortable in their beds, uh, mm. making sure that the water, you know, they're getting water, they're getting their right feed, they're just, I guess it's like, they're focusing on the cows, yeah. <laughs> whatever the cows needs. And probably a lot of hours put in to do that. Yes, I would think. yes, it's about a 12-hour day shift. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So how has, how have the changes in labor laws and like overtime affected how you do that? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, because like I've always said, you know, being a dairy farmer is not about getting rich or anything like that. I think is you just have to have the passion for it and that sometimes it does strain out our wallet. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so that, like I said, is just um, over time did make a difference mm -hmm. in the farming industry all around. Yeah. You know, because we weren't, I'm not out to like sell my milk at the price that I spend to produce my milk. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like told this is how much you're gonna make. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get a you don't get to put a price on it. I don't get to put a price on it. So you know, it's that's the hardest thing of what. Yeah. Well, if I spend this much, that doesn't mean that I'm gonna recuperate that much. I suppose your cheese, though, you can set the price for that because you sell that direct to the consumer. Consumer, right? Yes, and that's as I mean, it does help. You know, with the side of our dairy a lot you know because yeah otherwise it would be really tough to try to mm. make up for the difference for sure the price so oh, back to overtime and labor and that cost and you're saying you don't have control over all of what you make you can't just say okay well labor costs more so therefore i'm going to charge more for my milk Right. Yeah. So that ha that's been the challenge is the the m price of the milk stays the same. Yes. What you get. Yes. But things cost more. Right. And I think that's the rough part right now with all the dairy farming. And it has always been, I think, you know, for yeah. the dairy industry, it's been the toughest. And then not knowing, I mean, you, pro <laughs> you spend it this month and you don't get paid the next month. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. You don't know, you know, so it is yeah. tough. And like I said, you know, the dairy, you, you just have to have the passion for it and try to figure out ways to, you know, make it work yeah. for you. Now, overtime legislation, that was supposed to help workers though, right? And help them make more money. Right. So is that part of it? You know, how, how has that worked out? Has it helped them? Well, I get a lot of feedback of like, you know, no, because I mean, like, we try to avoid overtime, obviously, mm. you know, because it's very, it's cost a lot for yeah. us to do that. So then that yeah. means that that employee only works 40 hours versus working 50 or 60 hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. and then so it does affect them, their bottom line, but we cannot afford to do overtime. So we try to keep everybody under 40 hours and so. So they aren't necessarily a fan of it. No, they're not, you know, but cause I mean, it's not like uh, they were getting paid minimum wage on a, you know, mm -hmm. on a regular time basis. I mean, they're always paid more than 
the overtime, I mean, the regular More time. More than minimum wage. Exactly. Yeah. So, and most of the people, I mean, that, like I said, they do, this is tough, tough work, you know, mm -hmm. yep. it's not, <laughs> you're, I mean, you're outdoors, the rain, the sun, I mean, you just, so I guess it's like a passion for mm -hmm. animals, you know, so. Yeah. And they like what they do. So, you know, yeah. having them to try to say, hey, you know, um, I think we always, uh, as an employee, employer for my employees, I make sure that they're fairly treated, you mm -hmm. know, if there's a race that needed to be made, sure, we would talk about it. And like I said, I will take care of them like family. So you're saying that if you have to pay, and you're trying to avoid it, but if you have to pay someone overtime, there's not necessarily extra money to do that. <laughs> no, right. And so you're saying, okay, hold on, we can't work over 40 hours, let's keep it to that. Mm -hmm. But before the overtime rules, people could work over 40 hours yes. because they would make straight time with the overtime exemption that had been in place for farming for a long time. Right. And so they were actually making more money then? Yes, they were making more money then because they were able to get more hours, you know, and like I said, we can't, I cannot afford overtime. So yeah. that is tough for them too, you know, cause they were, I mean, they have, they have, I mean, bills themselves too, and they need to make so much yeah. money in this. So, you know, but, but we are caught up in yeah. between, you know, Hey, well, I understand you need to make more overtime, yeah. but Hey, I need <laughs> to pay you overtime. So, so what are they saying? What have they said to you about it? Like I said, they're not being very happy about yeah. it. You know, they just, they wish they could just go back. I mean, pretty much set their rules themselves, right. you know, as I am like, no, I can't do Work that. when they want to work kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, I guess the problem is some people, you know, sometimes when laws are made is not necessarily from the people that are getting affected or benefited mm. by, you know, so that's the toughest, I think, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how much they went and talked to our labor force, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And like I said, there's there's good and bad out there everywhere. But, you know, I mean, as far as I know, you know, everybody here, like I said, they're family. They're not employees. Yeah. They're family. So, yeah. What, what would you say to Olympia? What what should they do about it? What what's the solution here? I would say to Olympia, I mean, like, they have to make sure that, I mean, any law would have to be with, like I said, people that are getting affected by it, you know, get their mm -hmm. feedback, understand where they're coming from, understand why things were the way that they are. Like yeah. I said, we are farmers that don't set our prices. Right. <laughs> you know, somebody else sets it for us. For I mean, sure. yeah, I wish, you know, my employees can make whatever, but I mean... I also have to keep myself in business, you know, and yeah. so, I mean, I, sometimes, I mean, like I said, I have to cut back, I have to go do it myself or, you know, try to figure out something. Mm. Talk about the cheese. You said that's one thing that's kind of helped you guys make this all work. Right. Because that is a direct to consumer. It's a premium product. Right. And you can control the price of it. Right. A little bit more than my milk is, right. you know, even though, I mean, because you also want to be able to sell it. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah, people so, won't buy it if the price is too high. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so we have to be very conscious on that part as well, you yeah. know, but I just hope through our, you know, through our story for them to understand what it takes us to do what we do. You know, yeah. there's that people out there and I bless their hearts. They still keep me in business. You yeah. know, so. Well, I know there are a lot of people who love your cheese and probably a lot more that haven't heard of your cheese that would love your cheese. Right. Talk yes. about, yeah, what kinds, here we're, we're growing cheese here. You're right. <laughs> these cows that are producing milk to make cheese. They're happily eating away. What kinds of cheese do you make? Talk about that whole side of so things. So we have a Gouda, we have cheddar. We also do a blend of different flavors with our cheddar. And then we also have Parmesan mm. and we do fresh mozzarella. Yeah, um, and we also do butter. And then, so mm. we do flavor butters. Um, we've played a lot with our, <laughs> and that, like I said, that's the fun part about it because you can kind of like come up with your own ideas, you know. Uh, we have a garlic and sea salt that is very popular. Mm. Um, we also do for Christmas time, we do a cinnamon butter mm. that is delicious, you know. Like yeah. we run out of that one all the time. Um, so, we try to do a lot of um, younger cheeses from like nine month age to sometimes we have a seven year old cheese wow. that is very unique. <laughs> That's a long term investment then. Seven yes. years from when you get the milk from these cows and then it's got to sit until you can sell it. I can sell it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So. What kind of cheese do you age that long? We do the goudas and the cheddar. Wow. We can actually age it that long, and it's, I mean, it's delicious. I oh, like yeah. it myself. I love so. <laughs> really sharp aged cheddar and goo. Oh, so good. Yes. Where can people get your cheese? Where do you, how do you sell it? So right now, uh, we go through a lot of the farm stands. Higgins carries it. Mm. Um, that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, distribution pleas that I, we yep. have but then other than that all around Skagit I mean Shoe Farms carries it um, we have um, most of the farm stands right now mm -hmm. th that are locally here will carry it from us we have a couple of P um, like Leshy uh, Market in Seattle carries mm. it so you know it's like we try to connect we do a lot of our distribution <laughs> in-house just of the third-party cost too yeah you know because keep the cost down and that way yeah. you can control it and make sure it's taken care yes. of well yes that makes sense yeah but so. i'm sure it's a lot of work too it is a lot of work it like i said i mean there's no time of the day that we can say hey we're just <laughs> here back relaxing kicking back yeah. no <laughs> that's why i'm so glad that you had a few minutes to chat with us here yeah who, so who makes the cheese are you a cheese maker i am a cheese maker and then mom is a cheese maker <laughs> and so we kind of just you know passed it down you know like i mean we have um my daughter sometimes when she comes up here she'll come up and uh, do some cheese so whoever it's around we kind of hey let's mm -hmm. show you because <laughs> everybody loves the cheese okay so, hey, right they they like to come out and help are you able to and it sounds like most of it stays local like either here in skagit Hagen stores are regional and then some in Seattle as well. Right. Are you able to sell as much cheese as you want to? Can you 
sell more? Is there how's that market? We can sell more. I mean, there's always <laughs> more <laughs> right. is always good. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we also have to figure out because we do everything in house. Right. So you know yeah, what how is much our can you manage? exactly what is our um, capacity? What can we do? Um, but like I said, it's always the the cost. <laughs> Of yeah. getting bigger how much do you really want to go out there and do it and yeah you know it's uh, for us i mean we're we're comfortable with what we do yeah. you know if the opportunity comes sure we're never gonna say no but yeah. you know right now it's this is yeah i suppose like if it. if you know fred meyer or safeway or somebody came along and said we want to have your cheeses in all our stores on the west coast you'd probably be like uh You'd probably need like a bigger facility and more people and all that stuff. Yes. And you probably have to think, do I really want to do that? Right. Yes. And that's one of the things, you know, that I think about all the time, you know, how big is it really comfortable? You know, yeah. because at the beginning of all this, you know, me starting this whole thing was like, hey, this is something I want to retire <laughs> yeah. on. And but when it doesn't, I mean, I guess to me and. If it's not fun, then I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I want to make sure that, you know, it's something that I want to do, something that I wake up every yeah. morning and I don't mind the hard work or, you know, yeah. whatever's happening that day. And I suppose if you were to expand, it would probably cost a lot of money and there would probably be a lot more paperwork yet, right? Like it, I'm, I, you're talking about paperwork for the cows and all, and labor and all of that, but also you have, a f essentially, if you have your own small creamery here, it's a that's food a processing facility. Yes, that's a whole different arena too, <laughs> where paperwork flies off the handles too, you know, because yeah. there's so much traceability, you know, and I mean, to keep the consumer safe. And, yep. you know, that's one of the biggest things, like I said, you know, I don't mind the paperwork, you know, just to make sure that we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing, so. What's the hardest thing to keep this whole operation going? I would say, you know, uh, the mandate of how, how much money we can. Mm. How much money you get for your milk? I get for my milk, yeah. you know. I think that's the toughest. Like I said, you know, it's not, Every penny counts, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. As a dairy farmer, every single penny counts on our um, on our farm. So we have to be very conscious and watching everything. Yeah. Everything. Like I said, I'm not a I'm a first generation farmer, so it's yeah. even tougher, you know, because yeah. I don't have all the little, you know, um, I guess like natural way of oh hey this is how our family did it <laughs> you know right. this is how we right. made it work this yep. is what we were doing with our cows you know starting and, from scratch yes <laughs> yeah totally so, yeah we'll get right back to our conversation with norma ruiz and learn more about her background and how she came uh, to be the owner and operator of this dairy and creamery. But first, I do want to say thank you to our sponsors, these conversations that we get to have, this journey all over Washington State to get to know the real people behind our food would not be possible without their support. So first, the Dairy Farmers of Washington, um, of course, 
you know, representing farmers like Norma Ruiz and so many others all over Washington state, producing some of the best milk and dairy products you'll find anywhere. Also sharing their stories um, at wadairy.org. So the Dairy Farmers of Washington, big supporter of the podcast from the very beginning. Also also Washington Red Raspberries uh, supporting what we do here. Um, And a lot of the red raspberries produced in the United States are grown right here in Washington state. And in fact, that's what I grew up around. I grew up on a red raspberry farm. My dad was a red raspberry grower. So thank you to uh, Washington Red Raspberries for their support as well. And now let's go back to Bo Washington and continue the conversation with Norma Ruiz at Golden Glen Creamery. Okay, so we're here now in the commodity shed. Is that yes. probably what you call this? Right, yes. And so you have like different kinds of food for cows stored in here and you mix stuff up for what they need? Right, based on a ration that gets um, put together. Um, so yeah, this is where everything stays dry. I smell the feed. I can smell that right. silage. It has that little bit tangy smell to it because it's like cow sauerkraut basically right, right? yes basically <laughs> say it's a fermented the fermented food. yes yeah. yes that's or kimchi or try. something kimchi. like that <laughs> for cows yes how did you get into this how did you even learn about how to run a dairy farm like there's so many pieces that we're talking about here i don't think i'm done learning <laughs> i'm yeah. still in the learning process yeah. um, but my original start was the creamery Mm. um i found out that you know the creamery um was available and so i always loved cheese Mm -hmm. from being a little girl um grandma made cheese at home so that was i mean we always had cheese at the table no matter what fresh tortillas with cheese so Mm. um Finding out this opportunity, I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I can actually go and retire. Like I said, want to yeah. go do something uh, fun for for me. And then um, here I am, uh, I want to say probably a couple months or so into the creamery. Um, the dairy comes up for sale. and So the milk was coming from where then for the creamery before you had the dairy? So it was different owners. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was all still right here. Right. But they were farming the cows. Correct. And you were buying some of their milk to turn into cheese. Right. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So it was uh, a very... Like, I guess, intense decision because, you know, yeah. I was like, I don't know anything about cows. I don't know. Uh, aside from the fact that they give out milk, I don't know anything else, you know. Yeah. So um, I had to put my head together and figure out, is this something it could even be possible for me to do? You right. know, I don't know. And uh, but with the help with FSA um mm they made it happen, you know, and, um, and then I guess everybody around me, uh, supporting me on my adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, they, 
from my, I mean, from me picking up the phone and calling the neighbor and be like, uh, what is this, you know, or what is that, you know, I'm like, yeah. please don't laugh at me, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> but, you know, it was, so it was at the beginning, I mean, very, like, challenging, but then, you know, it turned out to be fun, you know, because yeah. they were like, oh my, you know, you're trying to get into the dairy farming. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what you're getting Who yourself in? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, I guess you only live once, and if, hey, and if that opportunity presented to you, then you might as well take it and go with it. You know, that's what I figured. And so here I am, and I've learned a lot from you know the from the start when I first uh, took over to now. You know, I mean, I got to figure out the cows. I are very precious in their own little way, you yeah. know, because it's you don't take time off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like a crop farmer where they go right. and plant the crop and then yeah. they kind of forget about it. And yeah. then they're like, no, 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 no. Not cows. I mean, you're there 24-7, you know, because yeah. you don't know what they might need at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. Your day doesn't end after your last milking and you're all done. No, you still have to monitor them. <laughs> That's got to be wild. What were you doing before you did the creamery thing? You said you saw the, it started with the creamery. You saw it become available. What were you doing before that? So I was running a restaurant mm. on Whidbey Island. Oh, really? So I made pizzas. Really? <laughs> yes. I bought into a franchise. I came from California. Mm-hmm. Moved to Washington to raise a family. My daughter, I thought, like, Whidbey Island was super cool for her to grow it up in. And yeah. So, yeah, I was just tossing pizzas, making pizzas. <laughs> so, I have to say I've done a lot in my career. Yeah? Yes. Well, and around food, too. Yes. Because you've seen then that retail and the restaurant side of food, too. Right. Yes. That's a whole And I love people. Race. You know what is so neat seeing somebody being satisfied by what you like create kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's really nice. So where did you grow up? How, what what's your backstory? So I um it, I grew up in Mexico mm. uh till the, I was about 10 years old and then What we part moved. of Mexico? We're from it's a little town, Lagos de Moreno, which is in uh, Jalisco. Uh, and um, I come from an immigrant family. Um, we moved originally to California. And then uh, I lived there until I was 23. And then from there, I moved up here. And I've been in Washington since yeah. then. And Love it. Love Washington. Did your family have any farming background in Mexico or did they do, were they in farming in, Me in uh, yes. California? Yes. Um, my, my grandpa in Mexico, but of course, you know, and, and he didn't have 250 cows. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was more right. like five cows or yeah. so, you know, just family, yeah. kind of like for your family, you kind of exactly. just kept enough um, animals around to feed your family. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the, I think the things that, as a child, was one of the things that I 
always loved, you know, because you always had eggs there. You always had yeah. a way to make tortillas. You always had a, you didn't have to run to the store and mm -hmm. go figure it out. You know, you just walked out to the garden and then there's some tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so Make something based on what you have what and you what's have. ripe at the time. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was extremely neat. And, you know, it's one of the things that aside, I mean, like, I guess the heart, labor of it you understand how much it takes mm. for that certain thing that you have in your table and I, yeah. you appreciate it i think a lot more so what brought your family to california yeah my mom but my uncles immigrated at mm -hmm. a very young age and then my mom was the one that kind of was like the the only sister back in mexico and they were yeah. like hey you know you do you want to come up here? Of course, we all come up here for a better opportunity. And uh, yeah, what's that been like as an immigrant then in this country building everything that you've built? I mean, that has to be incredibly rewarding. It has. You know what? I don't think about it. Um, mm -hmm. Like, mm, but just like going back to my childhood, I'm like, whoa, you know, like um, I I do have to say, I mean, I'm very blessed to be where I am. And by everything I have to say, you know, thanks to this country, you know, this is what I've done. This is how much I have accomplished. Um, and that, the neat part of it, I hope that, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and go for it. And just, I mean, at the end of the day, if it doesn't turn out, laugh about it, you know, honestly, yeah. you know, because... It, it does take a lot, you know, and I, I want to say the community that I've been around and, you know, my family has always been 100% behind me. And I think mm. that's the people that push me the most of like, ah, hey, if I don't succeed, oh, well, you know, at least yeah. I don't have that in my head of like, ooh, what, what about if I would have done that, you know? Yeah. So well, you said it earlier. You only live once. You right? do YOLO. Yeah, exactly. Say, this whole farm is YOLO. It's YOLO, right? <laughs> yes, it That's is. Awesome. It is. You know what? I mean, I, like I said, I would never in a hundred years would think that I would be sitting here doing this. You know, I don't like. No, it's you know, like it's it couldn't be possible. It would have not been. Uh, possible from you know from where I came from um so having all this and and just the experience and the people that I have come across and you know like that is the neatest part of it you know the people that are that are surrounding me with all their positive thoughts all their positive things you know I think about it I mean the every person that goes and picks up my cheese at a store yeah it's very neat. Like, my heart goes out to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see in so many ways you are deeply passionate about what you're doing. I have to say that I am, you know. I, like I said, I, I every day just figure out, hey, mm, how are we going to make this happen? <laughs> yeah. So... Talk about your family. So you have kids here on the farm with you? Um, I have a two-year-old. So my 26-year-old <laughs> is down in California. She graduated from WSU, which <laughs> I'm extremely proud of. Um, and 
I have a two-year-old that it's just turned three, sorry. Um, I mean, it's so amazing to see how a child, the difference growing in a farm versus growing, you know, in a regular household that they have a nine-to-five job. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Because um, he gets the opportunity to learn, hmm. like, everything. Like, I figure that, you know, from getting into a tractor to, like, you know, because not a lot of kids have that opportunity, if you That's think true. about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, in the outdoors, I mean, just the fact that he can run around and, you know, grow. I mean, he's so excited about his garden that we have. And, you know, knowing that, like I said, he can step outside his door and pick up a strawberry. He's excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> so... I have um, I have my mom, my dad, mm. my so they're all up here with you now. Yes, yes, wow. yes. My younger brother. So my mom helps me out uh, making cheese. My dad kind of does my distribution, mm. and then I have uh, three other siblings that they kind of all put in. They're not full time, but they're like you know, if I do have an event to go to or something that they can hop in and help me with. Um, it's extremely nice um, that, you know, like I said, I get that support. Um, I, my younger brother, he's, he's autistic. So this mm. is like, this helps him a lot. Mm. This like the routine of yeah. like him doing something, you know, and he has, I mean, he loves it. He, he mm. just loves the farm. <laughs> it's uh, very interesting of how he has actually grown yeah. here. And like, how old is he? He's turning twenty-eight. Here and how long month. have you been farming here? And I took over two thousand and sixteen, so about eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is something new for him. Well, not new now, but so you say it's it's changed. Yes, him. it's changed him. You know what? And I think uh, like because, you know, I mean, with his um, disability, it would have mm. been really hard to get a job. Yeah. So I've been teaching him a lot of the job skills that it would have been really hard for him to get out there. And, you know, he's he. I mean, I'm amazed of the stuff that he does, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he picks up and he's, like I said, he's very passionate about learning new things and wanting to do different things around the farm. That's what a perfect scenario. It is. You know, to, yeah. Yes. Where, yeah. where someone can find their right fit right. for their set of skills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, it's been a blessing that I'm able to provide that for my family. If they are have a passion for the farm, hey, come right over and, and everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants yeah. to come and spend their summer here at the farm. What's it been like becoming a part of the dairy farming and even the larger, like, farming community? Because you haven't done this before. Like you alluded to, a lot of families have been doing this for generations, that has to be intimidating. What have the other farmers that you work with, what, what's that been like? Uh, like I said, they're very, very supportive. Like I said, mm. they, 
I guess they, I entertain them with my questions. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah, something that yeah. should be natural hey hey why is this cow doing this you know it's yeah. like uh <laughs> yeah you know it's they they're been very supportive all of my neighbors um from blaming letting me borrow a piece of equipment or you know or just educating me more on like oh this is how is you know, we've done it basically, not how it should be done. Because everybody, yeah. believe it or not, they kind of have their own methods right. of, you know, working with their cows. And just in general, what are farmers like? What have you learned about how farmers are? Since that's a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, you know, who are the people growing our food and what drives them? You know, like I said, is that passion for what they do. You know, and those generations of like, you know, the legacy of carrying on mm -hmm. what their family done for, you know, years and years and then, you know, and that's one of the things. And I think that's what the, the part like they don't give up, <laughs> you know, yeah. they want to make sure that it keeps alive mm -hmm. all the way that they've done, you know, for so many generations here and in just the passion, like I said, we're not here to get rich. Yeah. So, We talked about Olympia before. And really, th if you think about it, the, the city, anywhere in the city, Seattle or other cities in the state, you know, people that also, like we mentioned, very few people get to be on farms or grow up on farms mm -hmm. anymore. Right. What should that community, those people know about farming and how their food is grown here in Washington? And I think that's a lot of the disconnect, hmm. you know, like the city people not understanding what it takes for their food to get to the grocery store, what really, you know, a farmer is, what it takes us to mm -hmm. do that, how much, I, like I said, how, what kind of person do you have to be to do that? And it takes a person that, like I said, is very passionate about what they do, they they love what they do, you know? And like I said, they're not here to make or invest or, you know, they're not looking at a, like a global thing, you right. know? They wanna make sure just that their family are taken care of, their animals are taken care of, their land that generations, you know, yeah. have care for are still gonna be passed on. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the most important things that people, the education, and I like this type of, you know, interviews that people get to know who we are, what we do, you mm. know, because like I said, it's, there's not enough information yeah. for them, especially for the new generation, you know, being that everything is on their phone, technology, you know, technology is not going to grow your, it's going to help you grow your food, but it doesn't, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it still takes a farmer to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, Yes, there has to be, you know, a lot of the changes that are made. Figure out what the farmers, who they are, what they really need. And if they mm -hmm. really don't need that, then don't fix it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I say, you know. Like, yeah, but I, I was going to ask that too. Like, you're doing all this paperwork and there's different levels, you know, local rules, state rules, federal rules. What should the people making the rules, whether it's in Olympia or anywhere else, what should they know? Uh, what would you like to say? They to should be more connected with the farmers mm. and understand what the farmers really need mm -hmm. and what help we need. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's like I said, it's just not understanding 
you know, it's I'm not sitting behind a desk. I'm out here, you know, <laughs> caring yeah. for a cow and uh, understand what it takes to be in my shoes, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Well, I should let you get back to work because I'm sure you've got a million things to do. Um, but before we let you go, just one more time, how can people, goldenglencreamery.com? Yes, yes. That's you the website. Can, that's yes, the can, website. That's where you can get uh, most of our products. But I, like I said, most of our farm stands around here have them. Um, uh, and you sell from the farm here, too. Yes, we store. also have that from the farm here. So you can come and visit us and, uh, and pick up a piece of cheese. <laughs> Norma, thank you so much. Thank you so much. For taking the time to, to tell me all of this story and details about what you do. But I say often, more importantly, thanks for doing that. Thanks for growing that food and making the investment of your life in continuing on this heritage and legacy of, of growing food here in the state. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. 